0: is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote Thou Shall Not Wine, The 11th Commandment, that reads number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests. As you learn life's lessons, these stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware, because you are entering the no whining world of January Jones.
2: Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today. As you know, my new brand is the Glitter Granny. We all wear many hats in life, and as we go through life, we change our hats often. Today, I'm wearing my silver interview hat. (laughs) The nice thing about hats is you don't have to musk with your hair. (laughs) Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in an abusive relationship? Tell me, do you even know what a really, really abusive relationship is? Have you ever met someone who has experienced a relationship with a narcissistic person? I haven't, but we're going to today. Can you imagine what it would be like to be abused? How horrible it would be. Now, would you like to meet someone who will share her own experience of living with a narcissist and surviving? Not only surviving, she's thriving. Tell me, have you ever heard of a famous book entitled The Courage to Say No? Or another amazing new book called Narctionary? And I just love saying that word. (laughs) If you can answer yes or maybe to any of the questions I've asked you, then you are in the right place. And welcome to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Now it's time. Relax. Go get some wine, get some cheese and crackers, and join us in the no warning zone. Now let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. She has 30 years experience in abuse recovery beginning with her own traumatic journey. She gives voice to crazy-making behaviors that imprison people in the cycle of narcissistic abuse. Her Win Foundation and Reclaiming Me program leads to the only cure for narcissistic abuse trauma, and that is self-love. My guest says self-love is non-negotiable. And I'd like to welcome to the show today Tracy Kremble. Hi, Tracy.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Oh, I'm so happy to have you on the show. And before we went on the air, we discovered that we share a mutual uh we both were from the Thousand Oaks area. <laughs> and Hello. I yeah, a small world, and I even know where Tracy played tennis and all, where she went to high school. It's so good to have you. Tracy, t- let me ask you before we begin the podcast, how has how did, I, I feel it's over, how did the pandemic affect uh, your career?
1: Well, I think uh, that it, it makes you think, which is, I think, such a healthy thing in life to experience. it it makes you think outside the box. Uh, One of the best things that came from it is our recovery program was always based in a walk-in basis and the pandemic forced us to go into online classrooms and we have been able to reach so many more women throughout not just the USA, but globally who can now participate in, in recovery from the privacy of their own home or their own phone. So it was really, it was really, uh, it expanded us in in many ways. And I think the biggest challenge was all of us having to get used to losing that one-to-one contact, Mm -hmm. that hands-on contact. But I think that that, you you know, you're an example that you can you can break, you you can still have intimacy and closeness even if there's a, a screen between us. And and that's the one thing that I learned, that it was possible to continue that intimate feeling of healing, even though we're in an online classroom.
2: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I call the pandemic pause. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have found, uh, even though it was awful when it began, along the way uh, more options became available and people The way they are they are adaptable they adjusted they made changes take a deep breath and uh, carry on which is how you get through anything in life now you've been in the recovery world uh for almost 30 years Uh, It's hard to believe you look so young but (laughs) (laughs) now tell how did your journey begin how did you get into this profession
1: the i entered this journey and i found myself living in highly narcissistic relationships because as a child i was raised in an environment where there was narcissism and so the personality trait of a narcissist was normalized to me so because it was normalized it took it getting to extreme levels of dysfunction for me to to admit This is a very painful environment. So
2: I think like a lot of people, you were drawn to something that was familiar, and uh, that would probably have made you feel comfortable in the beginning. Um, Okay, let's talk again about your book, The Courage to Say No. That's an incredibly wonderful, inviting title. Uh, How did that come about?
1: so the my my road to recovery began by uh, it, it began when I found myself in my mid twenties uh, marrying somebody who uh, became a completely different person after we were married to the point that they were threatening my life, et cetera, et cetera. And so I had to literally run for my life and go into hiding. And the book is called The Church, Say No More. And so what happened to me is that as I, as I untangled myself from that from all the trauma that happened and as I said that was like an inferno of abuse because I was raised with a low heat under my whole life it took extreme situations for me to recognize that I was in trouble so when I left that I did the, the classic forms of healing when you're coming out of a, a covertly abusive relationship Fast forward my life because because narcissism and the personality of narcissism was at a base level for me I could not uh, recognize when this personality would re-enter my life and especially at the time January that narcissism narcissistic abuse trauma narcissistic abuse it didn't have a name no you know they were called a jerk or dysfunctional or no they're really not that way so, I found myself for many, many years living in highly narcissistic, painful relationships without thinking there was something wrong with me, mm-hmm. sending myself into anxiety and depression and self-doubt and all those different things, and it wasn't until uh, one day I walked into a therapy office, mm-hmm. the therapist says, you know, why are you here, and my response is because my brain feels like a made of mush and I feel invisible and that was the only way that I could describe where I was and it took some time but I I got very lucky and I found somebody who was on the front end of this and after several like almost a month or so she said I think you might be suffering from abuse with a narcissist and I'm like what is that (laughs) and that's the game changer for me is that the ghost became same. So The Courage to Say No More was my, my phase one and the first part of my healing uh, mm-hmm. from healing to very traumatic abuse, and then the second part of my recovery came and really specializing in this thing called narcissistic abuse.
2: That's an amazing introduction uh, to our podcast. Uh, right now, we're going to take a break, and if uh, you are a whiner or you know someone who whines, this is the book for you.
0: Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shalt Not Whine, the 11th Commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com.
2: I wanted to mention that all of my books are now at Audible.com, and we're back with Tracy Kremble, who is not a whiner because she is a winner. Tracy, before we go on, could you share with our listeners your contact information and where they can get your books and your website?
1: Oh, thank you very much. My my book is called Narcitionary, my most recent book. It's available on Amazon.com. And you spell it like dictionary, only with Narcitionary. Very clever. <laughs> my website is drtracy.tv.
2: Okay, good. Wonderful. And um, abusive oh, narcissist. narcissist. This is uh, was a new term for you, and it certainly is a new to for me and probably for a lot of our listeners and I'm sure some people are listening to you and I'm sure some people are identifying with what you're having to say. Uh, your second book, uh, Narctionary, Arctionary, which I, I love the title. I love saying it.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
2: tell us about uh, what prompted you to write that book after your second book.
1: Well, fast forward, fast forward many years, and I, I went from being a victim of abuse to becoming an expert in, not just, well, I became an expert in accepting abuse for many years, but when I became an expert in recovery, that was a game changer, and I run a recovery program, it's called Reclaiming Me, it's been going on for uh, 20 years now, we meet uh, twice a week, uh, in my zoom room and what happened was I had a newbie contact me and of course she had she was on the floor with the devastation the person that she was with uh, the her narcissist up and uh, left her put her out like a piece of trash and I said to her, that's called the discard she said, what's the discard and I said it's what the narcissist does blah 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 blah. And she says, yeah, but I don't understand this because they would do something wrong and then they would apologize, but it would never heal me, and it didn't. Uh, nothing ever changed. I said, "Well, that's called apology." And she's like, "What's a full apology?" I said, "A full apology is the, the false apology of the narcissist." And she's like, "Oh my gosh!" And then, but I'm I'm just feeling so mushy in my brain, and and I, I, am I crazy? And it, because you know we would talk about things and and nothing would ever get resolved. And I said, "Well, that's p- probably because they're speaking in word salad." And she's like, "What's a word salad?" <laughs> (laughs) And I said, "A salad is when the narcissist will put so many words into the conversation that you literally don't remember your reference point and what you're trying to accomplish. And so we kept having this conversation and she said to me, you know, you should really write a book that all these terms are there. So then we knew we can just pick it up and understand, you know, rather than diving deep into therapy, that that we we can just have a quick reference. And what I did is I literally opened up my phone, and I had this this file that I kept for myself for years, and okay. I had already alphabetized it, and I said, I can do that. So I sat down, I just started to put it together. I wow. included self-assessment test in there because, you know, mm-hmm. so many times we're like, Does this happen to me? How much does it happen? And when you can check it off? Mm
2: -hmm. Wow, did you? I mean, who would think you'd ever be able to write a a dictionary book? I I know how hard it is to write just a regular book, but I'm sure doing a dictionary book, what research. You know, one of the uh, words that I like that I had never heard in regards to this type of recovery was the uh, word aftershock.
1: Yes, and it's
2: real. That's powerful. Now, what is explained to our listeners about aftershock?
1: So aftershock is it's a, a setback in your recovery. It's when you've been along your your recovery journey and you feel like you're doing really, really well. And it could be a year, two years, three years down the road. And all of a sudden something will happen and you find yourself really slipping back or being re-traumatized in ways that you think, oh my gosh, wait a minute, I've done my work in this area, why am I slipping back, why am I getting so leveled by this? And that's why it's called aftershock because it's post-abuse, partly post-recovery all of a sudden something just goes in there and throws you for a loop and the 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 term comes from actual earthquakes where we have the original earthquake that causes all the damage Mm -hmm. And, and when the earthquake is over you have all these aftershocks that still traumatize and shake you up so that's where the word comes from and it's real in recovery
2: yeah yeah and that's that's an interesting uh thing to talk about because i know so many people think Oh, you know, I left. I got rid of them. Now it's over. But I think as long as you are in contact with this person, they have the ability to still weave uh, their—I don't want to say magic, but weave their spell.
1: Manipulations, yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's It's very manipulative.
1: It's true that that they they say that the most uh, effective way to heal from narcissistic trauma is what's called no contact and no. That is exactly what it sounds like. It's no contact. That's not always realistic for people. And if you find yourself, for example, if this is a parent that you, you want to somehow remain in relationship with, if this is the, the parent of your child, if you're co-parenting together, being completely away from that person is nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's... You know, there is contact, but it will, if you don't have what I call your emotional fire suit on, you can easily get burned by them again.
2: Wow. Um, Just out of curiosity, because when I was, uh, through my life, I've always heard the term when people were acting not quite right, we would hear the term bipolar. Are narcissists, do they tend to be bipolar?
1: That's a really good question, and I'll tell you why, is... You hear the term narcissist thrown around a lot lately, and you hear yeah. class psychopath and there are definitely degrees of narcissism it's not just clear you know what black or white it's a spectrum disorder so it you know it's not like pregnancy you're just a little bit narcissistic it you know it it's a spectrum disorder and so it can go from healthy narcissism right here on up the scale to uh, narcissistic characteristics to narcissistic personality disorder to antisocial personality disorder which is sociopath psychopath mm-hmm. so along that many times people in the past would probably call a narcissist a bipolar a bipolar no. narcissists can tend to present themselves as bipolar because their personality goes from zero to 100 in a second and so they're in a benign state. They don't get their way with something and their personality can, can do this. This doesn't make them bipolar. This makes them manipulative. But if, uh, if, yeah. Bipolar is, you know, we all have this line that emotionally that we run in. And what happens with bipolars is that it can be a slow grade up and then a big crash. Yeah. yeah. are like this to gain control and to keep people just disheveled.
2: Yeah, and it seems like narcissists have a plan where I think sometimes bipolar people are actually victims of their own disease. And, yeah, and uh, I, I think of now that I'm talking to you, I think of narcissists as premeditated. Uh, I told you my favorite word after shock in your book. What is your favorite word?
1: Oh, my goodness. There's so many, but I think that the one that... That I appreciated the most along my recovery journey, uh, and it's called poop in your soup, and and, and what it represents is how toxic narcissistic uh, abuse is, mm-hmm. and so narcissistic abuse is like having poop in your soup, and and no amount of poop in your soup is ever okay, and it was a reminder to me to understand that that you cannot tracy Kemble, you cannot allow yourself to even tolerate a drop of it if you're going to get well it is toxic and it will make you sick and so that one i laugh at i was able to laugh and it's always so good when you can reach points of uh moments of your healing when you're able to just shake your head and and find the humor or something or the extremity of it that doesn't level you And that one was kind of a wake-up call to me where I'm like, Tracy, why is it okay for you to dabble with a little poop in your soup? If somebody offered to serve you that in life, you would be like, absolutely no way. And that's a boundary that I needed to learn with myself. is no is no, and I am not interested, and you can't convince me to accept more then then nothing
2: you know yeah very good right now we're going to take a break and you know it's been 60 years since the assassination of john kennedy and this book is a theory about who might have killed kennedy
0: let me ask you a question are you still wondering who killed kennedy Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Are was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Are needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
2: We're back with Dr. Tracy Kremble. And believe me, if you want to read about some narcissists, (laughs) go read my Kennedy books. There's quite a few of them in there. Tracy, tell me, are are people born with narcissism, or is it something they're taught, or how does this come about in their life?
1: When, mm-hmm. uh, we are not born with narcissism, to answer your question. We are, narcissists are created. They are created from a trauma basis. They're normally created by another narcissist, uh, and, you know, we come into this this existence as a blank canvas, and... And it is the environment that we're exposed to when we are young that paints who we are. Becoming a narcissist is, some, is a child who goes into survival mode. And the interesting thing about it is that, you know, many, when many people think of a narcissist, they think of somebody who's very full of themselves. Mm-hmm. And though there are different types of narcissists, for example, the cerebral narcissist, or the covert narcissist, the et cetera, et cetera, that actually beneath the shield, this ego present um, false facade of a narcissist, that you're actually dealing with a very traumatized person. And can narcissism be cured? Well, technically I would like to say yes. However, in order for somebody to, to be able to heal from narcissism, it's no different than healing from any type of an addiction where you have to have that coming to reality moment where you say I have a problem I have a problem and my problem is killing me and other people and because of the the dynamics of narcissism which is a personality that will not admit that they're wrong in anything
2: mm-hmm. because
1: it's helpful for them they're stuck in the cycle of, of living behind that false facade and executing their maneuvers that they need to protect that broken self as well as continue to fuel their ego.
2: Okay. Now, earlier you used a term I hadn't heard before. You, you talked about uh, healthy narcissists, nice narcissists. Uh, describe someone like that.
1: Well, we all need, those are two different things, so I'll, I'll differentiate them. Healthy narcissism is, it, it belongs right here in front of us, and we all need it. And healthy narcissism it was, allows us to keep the good in and push the bad out. That sense of self-value that says, hey, you know, not with me, that I will not allow that to happen. That's healthy narcissism. Okay. Unhealthy, a nice narcissist, I happen to know this very, very, very nice narcissist. He is no one that would lash out and hurt someone, but he, he is somebody who all conversations lead back to self. You could say, I went to the store today, and they'll say, I went to the store today, and I found this, and I got this, again. I, I, and I My child just did really well in school. My child did really well in school, and I remember when I was young and I did well in school. So mm-hmm. I think that those are the nice nice narcissists. The common thing about a narcissist is that they just, they usurp the room and they suck the oxygen out of the room where there's just no space for other people in the conversation. We've all met people like that.
2: And I, that term suck the energy out of the room really resonates with me through my 80 years of my life. That I can relate to that one. Um, so, when you were talking about the nice narcissists, it sounds they're kind of like people who are just extremely friendly and want to be uh as you said have every conversation get back to them is Well, that- the
1: goal of narcissist imagine that a person with narcissism is like a the way i describe it they're like a cell phone battery that if they don't constantly get fuel or charge no. they they feel like they will disappear they, they really feel like invisible people, and so that's why they, they have to talk about themselves. It's a, it's a way of them saying, I'm visible, I'm visible, I'm visible, I'm visible. Did you see me? Because I need to be visible. Now, when somebody starts to go into being a, a dangerous type of narcissist is when they will hurt other people. They, they don't have empathy. So mm-hmm. it's... It, you know, what, the reason it's called a topology is if somebody harms another person, and on our journey, we will do some things that will hurt another person. Those okay. of us who don't have narcissism will, will say, oh, my God, I hurt another person. Oh, my gosh. gosh. Or when we're trying to justify our actions, we know deep inside of ourselves, this is your ego talking, you know, and we're able to come to those clarity moments and then begin to get back on our track well a yeah. narcissist doesn't have that when a mm-hmm. narcissist apologized they'll say first off they they don't care how the other person feels they don't care if they hurt another person they mm-hmm. they care if they're discovered they don't want that yeah but their yeah. only goal is to is to get fuel from other people reaction from other people praise from other people mm-hmm. or if they're bullies Tears and huh? anger from
2: other people. Oh, so they enjoy doing. Oh, wow, they enjoy. As you're saying that, people are flashing through my brain, <laughs> and I'm identifying different people that I wouldn't have called a narcissist, but now that I think about it, they most probably were. Um, and it's
1: important <laughs> to note that that all of us can can walk off the straight and narrow line and have a moment when we behave narcissistically those of us who don't have narcissism I would say that our ego gets in our way Mm -hmm. and we go like I don't want to be that person you know like oh that was ugly of me so we we can all like dabble in it but somebody who actually has the uh, high narcissistic characteristics or narcissistic personality disorder they're somebody whose baseline personality is firing like this the majority of the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a, talk about uh, dictionary, nartionary. You're doing quite a job here on this podcast. <laughs> I'm learning so much from you. Does a person have to be, leave a relationship? If you're in a relationship with a narcissist. I mean, I'm sure it would help to leave, but as you said earlier, what do you do when you can't leave? If it's a family member that you know, you need to continue a relationship for the sake of your children.
1: Well, that was one of the, the frustrating, you know? that was one of the frustrating things for me for a long time is that huh? the advice that I was given. Can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the advice that I was given was you need to leave, you need to leave, you need to leave. Well, I wasn't in the financial position to leave. Mm-hmm. I was I was annihilated as a sense of self, so I didn't have the self-esteem to leave.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: what, how I have set up my company is, and my company, our outreach, our, our recovery program, is it is none of our business if you choose to stay or leave. It is none of our business. What matters is that we have to get certain tools and um healing into your soul so that if you choose to stay or you're in a situation where no contact is not an option my module has six different uh modules my my recovery program has six different modules to it and one of the modules is when no contact is not an, uh, an option living yeah. with an narcissist. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. i think that that's more reality based and our whole goal is not to tell a person to leave or stay of course if you're away from any type of trauma you're going to heal faster but yeah. there there are still ways as i word it to hold on to yourself when you're with a narcissist and that's one of the goals of healing is just to yeah. hold on to self to not let them mm-hmm. uh usurp you and and you know uh, mind snatch you and body snatch you and identity snatch you and all these things that they do for
2: well, you're saying they need to learn how to protect themselves and
1: uh themselves and to hold on to themselves because mm-hmm. we get in the habit of sacrificing ourselves for the narcissist and at the end of the day we're actually sacrificing ourselves to to maintain our peace so there's ways to hold on to yourself without engaging in the narcissist and if you're in a a relationship and not in the position to leave then that's what you need to do you need to have your own survival skills and protection skills and fire suit that I mentioned earlier if you're going to stay with the flame
2: right well right now we're going to take a break and I've written two books about people who definitely are not narcissists they are all priceless personalities have you ever met someone who was unforgettable Someone who has touched your heart and soul. People who have faced difficult problems. People who have struggled to find solutions. People who fearlessly shared their stories. People who have not only informed you, but inspired you. People who have priceless personalities. I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you.
0: Attention all listeners, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who as a humorist helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the Deep South. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience.
2: Welcome back with our own priceless personality today, Tracy, Dr. Tracy Kremble. You know, Tracy, one of my daughters is a therapist, and I'm definitely going to get your book for her. Um, let's talk about what CPTSD is. And how does that differ from the PTSD that we're all familiar with?
1: It's one of the big misdiagnoses that many people coming out of with narcissistic abuse trauma face. And what it is 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 that and and it happened to me. I was in recovery and I was diagnosed with PTSD. And I did the recovery for PTSD, but I didn't fully recover. And of course, I made some steps and changes. And it wasn't until CPTSD came onto the market with recovery, and I, I was treated for CPTSD, and then I became really passionate about making sure that recovery victims get this area. So, when somebody is faced with CPT with PTSD, and I have a family friend who, for example, was at the Las Vegas shootings, and she has very bad PTSD, and when you when she goes into her her uh, side effects of PTSD, the fear, the anxiety, the mind racing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, she's able to ground herself because she's able to say, "Okay, I'm feeling this way because I uh, was shot at on this day at this time." I don't like Las Vegas because it reminds me of this trauma, and it, it, it's you're able to take that trauma and at least put some boundaries around it—not what happened, but mm-hmm. you're able Grieve within this box. Well, because narcissistic abuse has so many ghosts, mm-hmm. i.e., for example, gaslighting, when somebody is trying to make you trying to make you doubt your own truth, uh, the the mind manipulations that 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 take place, the many many violations of trust that take place, that if a narcissist were to come up to you and to say, well, exactly what did I do wrong? There's a really good chance that the victim of narcissism wouldn't be able to say, well, on this day, at this time, you did this, because you're, you're bombed with so many aspects of it. For example, even love bombing, that when a narcissist love bombs you rather than loves you, this oh. creates trauma. Well, if you have been love bombed 500 times in your relationship, You can't put it in a box and properly heal. And then you add to it that every time somebody goes through a trauma with a narcissist, our bodies, our minds by nature, blank it out. So you're not able to heal because you can't recall the trauma. And so CPTSD is about going in there and helping you take collectively the traumas that you've experienced and say, rather than say, okay, on this day, this and this and this was done to you, it instead allows you to say, I experienced something called gaslighting, where somebody constantly made me doubt my truth. And the side effect of me not doubting my truth is A, B, C, D, E. So we're able to take that which is out here and collectively bring it together. CPTSA stands for complex post-trauma stress disorder. Um,
2: So what you're doing with your wonderful book is you're helping people uh, give a name to what happened and then go on to the next step where they're trying to figure out how to heal. That's fascinating that people don't remember, because I always would think you would hold that trauma very close. But I guess if you don't want to face it, that's what happens, doesn't it?
1: Well, it's also it's it's covert abuse. So it's not like they come up and slap you in the face. No, it is. They'll they just they they play with your mind. And I always say that you know we don't we 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 don't have physical bruises, but we do have a a, a broken heart and a stabbed soul. And those are much more difficult to heal because the body is resilient and the body heals. Mm-hmm. But the emotional system requires a very special journey to the inner terrains to discover the individual traumas that everybody's been through.
2: I've never heard that term, stabbed uh, soul. I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful description of what people go through. Now, you state that self-love is non-negotiable, <laughs> and I I agree with you. That's a very powerful statement. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit on that?
1: Absolutely. So when I was in my recovery, mm-hmm. I learned a very important thing about narcissism and about myself, in that there's healthy narcissism, there's narcissistic characteristics there's narcissistic personality disorder there's there's uh, antisocial personality disorder sociopath psychopath. Mm-hmm. well what nobody was ever talking about is is as this is a spectrum disorder, what's on the other side of the spectrum mm-hmm. and what research unfolded is that at the opposite end of narcissism over here is a condition called self love deficiency disorder. Now, the okay. only way that a narcissistic relationship can remain standing is a narcissist plus a narcissist, mm-hmm. or a narcissist with a self-deprecate. And then they become part of the same, different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. So I, and all self-deprecates are what I like to call wounded empaths. They're amazing, mm-hmm. beautiful people that have experienced trauma and mm-hmm. give and want to rescue the world and they, they're feelers instead of thinkers, and etc etc So mm-hmm. long story along my journey I one day when I learned this I I had a very clear thought, and I said what if I stopped focusing on narcissism like what is it and how is it and how do I change them and how do I control it and all those things and I instead made the choice to focus on my self-love deficiency disorder what would happen and so that's what I did I simply began I would look at okay if this person is is gaslighting me why do I release my truth why do I continue to listen rather mm-hmm. than saying this person needs to stop gaslighting me I said took my power back and said wait a minute I can't control them from gaslighting but I can control myself from giving away my truth from mm-hmm. engaging in a conversation when I feel myself deteriorating or doubting myself from walking away from from not responding so I began this amazing, amazing journey uh, where I just began focusing on my self-love. And my entire program now is built on the journey from narcissistic abuse to self-love. And I got a beautiful download one day in my prayer and meditation time where I saw a boardwalk. And I
2: Oh, I'm so sorry, sweetie, but
1: we were almost
2: at the end. <laughs> okay. okay. You know This means I'm going to have to invite you back. <laughs> Thank you for coming and visiting with us. We've learned so much from you. Next Tuesday, we're going to learn more from my guest, Karen Pudetti. She wrote a book called Rags to Riches, the Beauty Icons and How They Made It. So she'll be sharing that with us. My 80-year-old thought for the day is that when you are age 30, you worry about what other people think about you. When you are 50, you don't care what they think. (laughs) Then, guess what? When you're 80, you discover that nobody's even thinking about you anymore. So there you go. I'm signing off as the Glitter Granny. And thank you so much for coming into our no-wine zone. Remember to keep smiling and definitely stop whining. And if that doesn't work, then you can start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate. Thank you for coming to our show today. And goodbye, Tracy. So nice to have you with us.